Lord Jesus, open our hearts to your word and your word to our hearts this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So our theme today is Risen Encounters, and as you heard from the gospel that Melody read for us, uh, we have two uh, sets of encounters in John's gospel today. I'm in John uh, chapter 20, verse 19 onwards. So if you have a Bible, um, then uh, that's where you'll find it, page 1686, if you've stolen a Bible from church, um, and uh, you can bring it back tomorrow. Um, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, someone's laughing in the corner at my bad attempt at humor. Um, I'm, I, I really like having a congregation because then at least I can see people attempting to laugh in front of me. But there we go. You can attempt to laugh at home at my jokes. Uh, so where are we? We're, we're with the disciples and we see these two encounters. And uh, I spoke about Thomas not so long ago in, in the autumn uh, when we were thinking about what it means to doubt. And we had a mini-series on what it means to doubt. Um, and so... Uh, it's, it's interesting when we think about doubt and faith and belief in the light of Easter. Uh, because, of course, um, we have the whole Bible. We have the Old Testament and the New Testament, which put together give us the life of God at work through God's people through time. And then in the New Testament, particularly seeing how Jesus came and fulfilled many, if not indeed fulfilled all of the Old Testament uh, prophecies about him. And uh, much of that scripture was fulfilled. Um, and, uh, and so, we, we are in that place of knowing a lot of stuff. And yet, for those early disciples, they, they weren't there. They were living it firsthand. They didn't know how the story was going to pan out. Um, and what struck me this time as I read, um, and this is a really good thing to look at every time you read the Bible, especially when you see a passage that you've read before or heard before, what do I notice this time? What strikes me? What jumps out? And really, what I noticed this time was that there are two stories in our gospel. The first story is about Jesus appearing to a load of disciples, but not Thomas. He wasn't there. And so the second story is about Jesus appearing to Thomas. And when Jesus appears to the disciples, have a look at what happens. He comes in and he says, peace be with you. Uh, we know that Jesus is the Prince of Peace who came into a place which at the time and to this day is a place where there is conflict. Uh, many, um, many different religious folks gather in Jerusalem. Uh, even to this day, it's important to uh, three of the major world religions. Um, and so there was the Prince of Peace uh, in a place uh, which is not really a place of peace. And Jesus came to bring peace. So he walks into the room and stood among them, it says, and said, peace be with you. Peace be with you. And then I want you to notice in verse 20 what he does. He shows them his hand and his side. There's nothing to see in my hand. Um, there's some Probably some, uh, some scars on this hand from calluses from playing the guitar. So I have no wounds here. But Jesus was holding up his hand and saying, look, here, here are my wounds. Here are my wounds. I'm showing you that this is me. I'm showing you something that will help you to believe. After he said this, he showed them his hands and side. And the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. 
The disciples saw Jesus in person. They heard him say, peace be with you, which I'm sure was a familiar thing uh, that they were used to him saying. I'm sure they recognized his voice and his appearance and, and everything about him. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And he breathed on them before COVID happened, um, when you could do that sort of thing. And he said, receive the Holy Spirit. And then he says to those disciples, he says, if you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. In uh, those two verses, 22 and 23, we see something of Jesus giving some authority to those apostles. He gives them the Holy Spirit. Or says, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. He gives those apostles some authority. And there's a, a sense in what he says there. It's a precursor of what's to come, and we'll look at that in future weeks. But it's this, this opening up the way, isn't it, for the Holy Spirit to come. And for saying that if you have the Holy Spirit in you, uh, you, you can live life as one of God's people, as one of my disciples. And there's an expectation uh, that you, you carry some of that authority with you. When you walk into the room as a believer in Jesus, as a follower of Jesus, you bring a piece of heaven into that space. And as we acknowledge that, that we are ambassadors for Christ. Uh, we live differently. So easy, though, to forget that we're ambassadors for Christ, that we have the Holy Spirit, that we have a, a divine authority uh, to go and, and be God's people, to be people of peace, to be people who bring the grace of God into situations. It's easy to forget that. A number of years ago, I went to a church weekend away. Uh, we went to a big house, and, uh, um, and there was singing, and there was, um, there was a speaker. Um, and uh, I remember um, there were also some stickers, um, three S's you don't normally get together, a singer, uh, singing, a speaker, and some stickers. And the sticker said on it, Ambassador for Christ. Uh, and not on the guitar case I have now, which I've hidden somewhere off camera over there, um, but on my old guitar case, I, I attach that sticker, Ambassador for Christ. And, um, and, and as, as I looked at it, it would be a reminder to me uh, that as I go about my life, I'm an ambassador for Christ. I'm not just I'm an ambassador for Christ now because I work for a church. I'm an ambassador for Christ because I'm a Christian. If you're a Christian, you're an ambassador for Christ. But sometimes we need the sticker to remind us. We need the badge. We need the little note on our mirror. If you have a mirror and a post-it note, you could write it on there, ambassador for Christ. Because as we act as someone who is an ambassador, as in someone who represents another country but, but within a country, uh, we think of Canadian ambassadors in embassies around the world, and they, they represent a piece of Canada around the world. And, and many countries, uh, if not all countries, will have embassies um, in other places, and it represents a little piece of that country there. 
as we're Christians who have the Holy Spirit in us, as we go out to live and share the good news of Jesus in the places where we go, we are an ambassador for Christ. We take the peace of God with us, the peace of Christ, which is the same peace that he announces as he comes and sees these disciples. That's the peace we get to take with us into the places where we go. 99% sure that in most of the places where you go, uh, there won't be another Christian this week. Why do I say 99%? Well, because we know that about 1% of the population is actually um, a Christian in this part of the world. And by that, I mean not just a Christian, but a Christian who connects with a church in worship. The numbers are very small. And so the onus is on those of us who are watching this service now to, to be reminded uh, that we're to go out. And I think in this time of COVID, you know, it's going on for so long. Um, I'm quite bored of it now. I imagine you are too. Um, and uh, it's so tedious, isn't it? And it's easy, I think, to forget the calling that we have to go and live out our faith. And of course, there are some saints, and you can probably all think of some saints now who you know in your life, some absolutely amazing Christians who you see them doing things and, and they're going out. And, but I mean, I feel for myself this sense of, what can I do? And yes, I can organize and lead and preach and, and do all the stuff I do in church, but, but I'm out and about kind of going, what can I do? How can I give back to the world? How can I be an ambassador for Christ? How can I be like these disciples who Jesus sends out? who he gives an authority, a divine authority as apostles, as those who are sent. Apostle, um, remember this one from the Greek, um, uh, apostolos, sounds like posting. You, if you look at the word post in the middle of apostle, uh, so an apostle is posted or sent. Uh, so think of that next time you send your mail. Um, so we're, we're sent, but we're not sent far. And if we're working from home, if we're looking at our, our schoolwork from home, um, if, if we're just stuck in our home, it's very hard to work out how can we, we can be apostles, we can be sent as Christians. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Maybe one of the ways this week, just as I use that word apostle and, and the reference to post, maybe there's something you can post. Maybe you can post something on your Facebook or Instagram profile that would encourage somebody uh, in the ways of Jesus. Maybe you could post a letter to somebody. Uh, Canada Post recently did a thing um, where, where they said, um, we're going to give you a postcard that is paid for, um, and you can write to somebody uh, and just kind of encourage them and, and send them a blessing. Uh, maybe you have one of those postcards sat in your drawer and you didn't know who to send it to. Uh, and, and I hope that perhaps today, if you haven't done that already, find that postcard and send it to somebody and say, I miss you. I'd like to see you soon when we can. Just want to encourage you. Send them a Bible verse. Ask them how they are. It could be a family member or a friend. Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. In Jesus coming and appearing to his disciples, in that encounter, he reminds them that, that they're going to be sent, that they receive the Holy Spirit, and that they have an authority that comes from him. And so what about Thomas as we move on to the second half of the story? Thomas wasn't there. 
He was one of the twelve, it says verse 24, but he was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples, verse 25, say, we've seen the Lord. And he says to them in this moment that, you know, we all like to laugh and joke about, imagining that Jesus is just behind him as he's saying it. Unless I see the nail marks in his hand. So step back with me, verse 20. After he said this, he showed them his hands and side. Thomas Verse 25, unless I see the nail marks, verse 20, Jesus showed all the other disciples the nail marks. So, so often we get kind of like this self-righteousness, don't we? This, this, this prodigal big brother of the prodigal son story about Thomas. How is, you know, Thomas has so little faith. All Thomas is saying is, I want to see what you saw. I want to see what you saw. You saw his hands inside. I want to see the same. And so when you put these two stories together and see, that, see Thomas in that way, all he's saying is, all of you saw, I want to see too. A week later, his disciples were in the house again and Thomas this time is with them and Jesus walks in and he says, what he keeps saying in this passage, peace be with you. And then he says to Thomas, put your finger here, see my hands, and so on. Stop doubting and believe. And Thomas says, my Lord and my God, which indicates this faith that, that Jesus is not just Lord, he is God. Jesus said, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. And so what I want to say is that it wasn't just Thomas he was speaking to in verse 29 there. I think Jesus is speaking there to all of those disciples, those apostles in that room. Whether they saw in the first half of our passage today or whether it was Thomas in the second half, they believed in Jesus because he stood among them and said, peace be with you. Then were they glad when they saw the Lord. They were overjoyed when they saw the Lord, it says in this translation. They believed because they saw Jesus among them. And so Jesus says for us, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. So what can we take away from this passage? Yes, it's okay to have doubts. Yes, it's okay to ask Jesus when you have doubts. Can you, can you prove to me, Jesus, that you're there? Can you prove that you're real? Yes, it's okay to pray that prayer. I prayed it in the past. I'm sure that many watching have prayed it. And if you haven't, I dare you to pray it now. God, if you're real, will you show me in some way? Will you send me a sign? Will you answer this prayer? And on the one hand, the Bible says, don't put the Lord God to the test. We see that with Jesus in the wilderness, uh, arguing with Satan. But on the other, if we in faith say, God, I'm really struggling to believe. Can you show me something that will help me? It's my belief that somehow, and not always in the way that we expect, somehow God finds a way through Jesus and by the Holy Spirit to reveal something of himself to us.
So yes, we have doubts. But as we pray about those doubts, we are led to belief in Jesus, to belief in God. Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. And so the Father sends us. Jesus sends us. He says that we're blessed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Your friends, your family, your children, your grandchildren, your parents, your neighbors, your work colleagues, your school colleagues, your school friends, the people you encounter on the front lines of your life and work and ministry, they will be blessed. How? They'll be blessed because you will go to them and say, peace be with you. You will go to them and be ambassadors for Christ. You will go to them as people who bring peace and the grace of God into those situations. They will be blessed because they will come to know Jesus. How will they come to know Jesus? Because you're going to tell them and you're going to show them. And you may say, David, yeah, but I've been doing that all my life. I've got this person in my family and they still don't believe. And yeah, it's a long road, isn't it? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. And Jesus sends you and he sends me to go and be the people who bring the blessing and the grace and the peace of God. So I'm going to pray. In a minute, uh, Roxanne's going to come and lead our prayers of intercession. I'm just going to pray as I finish. Lord Jesus, we thank you for these encounters that we read about today in John's Gospel with the disciples and with Thomas. We thank you that we can call on your name and you will answer when we pray in faith. We thank you for that uh, encouragement that the reading ends with. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. And so I pray today both for those who are watching this service and don't believe or struggle to believe, and those who feel, yeah, I believe and, and I, I, I trust. So for people on both sides of those spectrum and anywhere in the middle, Lord, we pray as Jesus breathed the Holy Spirit on those disciples. We pray for the breath of the Holy Spirit on us now. Come, Holy Spirit. And fill us afresh today with your peace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.